You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. What does media literacy mean to you? To me, it means understanding the media we consume, whether that's an advertisement on TV or fake news on the internet. It means understanding how media is constructed so that I'm not misled or put in danger by the things I watch and read. So, is it time we started talking about media literacy for very young children? My next guest has researched the way our children interact with technology and popular culture. Susan Edwards is a professor of early childhood futures at the Australian Catholic University. She's speaking at Early Childhood Australia's Live Wire Forum in Melbourne from the 24th to the 25th of November. Hi, Susan. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, before we start, it was a while ago that I was at university. What do you mean by popular culture for small children? Is it mainly shows like Peppa Pig, that kind of thing? Mm, so popular culture for small children are any of those television programs or movies that really capture the imaginations and the interests of young children. So Peppa Pig is right up there. For a long time, it was things like Thomas the Tank Engine. Frozen has been huge with the preschoolers for a really long time. The thing is that when we're talking about these television programs or movies as popular culture is that it's not just the movie they might watch or the television the program they might watch. It's the fact that nowadays these digital media as the platform extends right out into the children's life world. So we see that, you know, we go down to the shop and you'll see the Peppa Pig yogurt or you might want to get a Peppa Pig water bottle or all sorts of clothing and accessories. And so it actually surrounds the children in, in this life world of the popular culture. So parents may think that that kind of thing and plus technology has no place in an early learning setting, that their educators don't need to be worried about it. Why do you think it's important? When I first trained nearly 20 years ago now as a a kindergarten teacher myself and 12 years ago when I, I first became a parent I was I sort of myself thought oh I don't know about popular culture being part of early childhood education and even my child my own child's life and over the years as I've researched popular culture and digital media and learned as a parent I've come to see that it, it's not something that's separate from children's lives. Even if we try at home, we, we might not agree sort of philosophically with digital media or popular culture in children's lives. We can sort of, you know, maybe buffer children from that to a certain extent. But when they hit school, other children will be engaged in it and, and it becomes a currency for how children establish their social groups and, and make their friendships. And it's often a topic or, or a theme of play that, that children will follow and develop very complex play scenarios in their early childhood education setting. And so I've sort of had to change my thinking around whether it does have a role in early childhood education. And just recently we've conducted several projects looking very closely at young children's popular culture interests and the use of digital technologies in early childhood. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Susan Edwards, who's a professor of early childhood futures at the Australian Catholic University. And Susan was just talking about what popular culture is for small children and how it becomes a part of their life. Susan, you were just mentioning there that you've conducted some studies into 
children and how they interact with uh, these things, with popular culture and with technology. Can I ask, what kind of impact did you find it had on children? I think when we talk about TV shows and movies, as you said, some parents feel like we need to protect our children from too much influence of these things. It sounds like it's a little bit more complex, though. It is, and um, that's a, a really beautiful question, Siobhan. So one of the studies that we conducted, it sort of started from that that premise, that idea that maybe we should protect our children from these sort of movies and programs and, and too much popular culture. And the reason sometimes that we can hold that view is that we, we think of the popular culture as, you know, coming down on top of children um, from sort of, you know, big multinational perspective and that we need to protect our, our children from this sort of mass culture, which is, is where the notion of popular culture came from, but it was for the masses. And so I conducted some quite detailed field work with families with young children aged birth to five years. And one of the questions that we asked these families was before we even asked them anything about popular culture or digital technologies, we just said to them, how do your children play? was the very first question. And all of the families, you know, they talked about, oh, you know, my children, love, my children love to play outside and they dig in the sand pit or they ride their bike or they do craft or they do pretend play. And then what sort of came out as we teased that out is even in families where there wasn't a great deal of popular culture, was that the child would still usually have at least one or two popular culture interests. So it might be like Bob the Builder. So be a parent describing like her child might... Um, you know, they might have a rule where they, they watch a little bit of Bob the Builder on YouTube or whatever, you know, 10, ten minutes in the morning, and then he would like to go outside and he would reenact Bob the Builder in his sandpit. And he didn't necessarily have the Bob the Builder toys, but he would um, use his imagination to create his own. So, you know, he might have a truck and then he would turn that into a, a character from the show and he would build his own sort of complex little storylines from his... So one of the things, and we sort of saw this pattern coming out in a lot of the families, is sometimes it would be the same. You might have like two or three children who are interested in Bob the Builder or several who are like Peppa Pig or the Octonauts is another very popular program with children. And when we looked closely, it wasn't this notion that the programs were making the children think in a sort of universal or particular way. The children and the families were creating their own little unique engagements with that popular culture and that play in ways that made sense to the children and the families. But the parents were very clever at um, using those um, interests in a way to to build the children's learning in different areas. They might, you know, support their language development by joining in the role play with them. Or maybe there was a colouring in book or, you know, you can get the little Peppa Pig magazines or whatever at the supermarket and the parents would sit with the children and help, you know, talk about doing the colouring in together and learning colours. And so that was a really important finding and and we were able to take that research then to kindergarten teachers working with four to five-year-olds and show them how this, this interest in the digital technologies and the popular culture was sort of specific to each child and each family. And that was really important for kindergarten teachers because one of the things that kindergarten teachers do as part of building children's learning is that they're trained to identify children's interests and to capitalise or build on these interests for new learning opportunities for children. And so in another project we've just finished, we've worked with teachers to help them see and understand the interests that the children have and are bringing to the classroom. 
and to really build on these to develop children's learning in different areas. So we've got two examples that I think are really interesting. One of the examples was a little boy who was very, very interested in Star Wars and he had sort of been disinclined to do much writing or drawing or, or painting or any of the sort of fine motor skills in early childhood that are really important that children master in preschool because they need these for when they go to school to be able to start learning to write. And so this teacher, she um, brought an iPad into the kindergarten and it was hooked up to YouTube and she made a bit of a deal with the little boy and she said, um, well, I'll let you watch a, a little bit of style footage on YouTube if you draw me a picture about it afterwards. So they struck up this deal and the first time, you know, he watched maybe 15 minutes of Star Wars and then she sat with him and said, oh, tell me, you know, tell me about the story, what you've just seen and, and what had happened. And this is really important because this is children's oral language and you have to learn to speak before you can write because obviously then you've got, you know, nothing to write about. So they chatted about it and then she said, okay, now you, you draw me, a, you know, draw it for me. And he did, you know, not very much, just a um, little stick figure and one thing. And then she kept doing this over the course of the term and, and she had to go and learn about Star Wars herself. You know, she had to go and learn about all the different characters and all the battleships and all, all the stories. And what happened was that over the course of two terms, the amount of time that the child spent viewing the YouTube footage decreased and the amount of time he spent talking to her and developing the story and creating his own complex narratives and then drawing it and getting all the complexity into his drawing so that, you know, he's had whole battles happening and Darth Vader in there. And then he started to want to write. This was a child who, you know, at the start hadn't even been wanted to hold a pen. And to explain his stories, he needed to know how to spell stormtroopers and Darth Vader. And so then she went online and she printed out uh, pictures of the different characters and then she wrote the text next to them and she put them up in his little writing corner so that he could look at the picture and then copy copy the text. And so this is a really good example of how the teacher is able to really accept and, and use that child's interest and build on that interest um, to foster his learning. And she reflected on that, this teacher, and she was saying afterwards that previously she was a bit uneasy about, about doing something like that because in early childhood there's sort of this idea that it's all got to be about, you know, the sand pit and the painting. And she said, well, you know, in her own life, like she's really interested in horse riding and you know, no one ever says to her, oh, that's just, you know, horse riding is not a proper interest and, you know, you're just obsessed with that. People say that's your passion. And she said she had to sort of reconsider this interest in Star Wars and instead of saying that's not a proper interest and that's just an obsession, that she wanted to try and see, you know, sort of validate that for the child. She sounds like yeah. a fabulous teacher. Well, she was able to, to sort of um, really engage and listen to this idea about that actually... The, the digital media and the popular culture, it's a big part of children's life world. It's not something that you can sort of separate out. Speaking about uh, things that we might think aren't appropriate for very young children, we talk mm. a lot on Kindling Conversation about online safety. And when yep. I'm talking about this, the, the things we, um, we often say is that if your child is able to swipe right or left on an, um, a mobile device and you need to start talking to them. Mm. But I, I admit that uh, thinking about that in the under sixes bracket, I find hard to get my head around. I feel like, okay, I get that I got to start talking to them now so that when they're older, they will have greater literacy around the internet. But 
You're saying um, that it is also important to teach very young children about what the internet actually is. Can you explain Mm. that for me? Yeah, this one is just a really interesting piece of work that that we've been doing. And um, I've been thinking about this because I've got four children myself and the age range of our children is sort of um, had two before iPads and touchscreens became really big and then we've got two who were born after that period and I really noticed that from a young age, you know, exactly like you're saying, as soon as they can swipe, which is pretty much from about eight months of age, they can get themselves online. One of the things that the literature talks about, this just came out recently in the Children's Commission's report in the UK, is that the internet is age blind. When someone goes on the internet, so it could be a four-year-old child, the internet itself doesn't know that that's a four-year-old child and so then can't kick in the protections for children. And so then we've got all this discussion about, oh, my gracious, you know, how do we protect children from contact risks, which is when they might be contacted by someone they don't know. Content risks is about accidentally viewing inappropriate content and the behavioural um, conduct risks is, is, is learning, you know, how to behave gracefully on the internet and so there's sort of this idea emerging, oh, gracious, we need to start teaching preschoolers about, you know, how to behave on, online. And um, we've done some research with four-year-old children because we wanted to know, before we can teach children about how to behave online, do they even know what being online is? We ask them, you know, what's the internet? What do you think the internet and where is the internet? Um, and some of the children just said they didn't know what the internet is and others, I think, gave very reasonable responses. I said, well, the internet's my iPad or the internet's in the lounge room or the internet belongs to mummy, she uses it for work. So they had what we would call sort of like everyday concepts of the internet and these are quite valid because it speaks to the children's experiences. But the problem is those concepts don't help a child understand why they need to be careful about what they might see online or, or not to speak to strangers. So we sort of liken this to road safety or fun smart practices in early childhood education. So, you know, when we're um, putting hats on and we're putting sunscreen on, we're actually explaining to children the purpose of that practice. So well, we're doing this because, you know, the sun can damage our skin and this will help protect our skin or... When we teach children road safety, we make sure they understand, you know, that cars can go quite fast and the reason you have to hold an adult pan or or look both ways before you cross is because the car can hurt you. And so what we're trying to develop and and understand better for um, early childhood education is how can we actually help really young children understand just at a really basic level that the internet means a whole lot of technologies of internet internet work with each other and talking to each other and sharing information and anybody can be using those technologies and so the way we're starting to think about that is you know actually using the language when we're with children so if they go on iview we're going oh you're using iview so you're online now like actually starting to make it explicit or you're using the internet now and you know explaining to to children that, you know, this technology can talk to that technology and we don't necessarily know who's putting information out there. It sounds like there is so much more to learn from you, Susan, but um, unfortunately we have to stop there. So um, thank you so much for speaking with us and uh, I hope you enjoy the conference. Thank you very much. We're looking forward to it.
That was Susan Edwards. She's a professor of early childhood futures at the Australian Catholic University. She's speaking at Early Childhood Australia's Live Wire Forum in Melbourne. That's from the 24th till the 25th of November. And Early Childhood Australia have two free passes to the Live Wire Forum. It's in Melbourne. It's worth $1,100. So if you'd like to win one of those two passes, give us a call now. The number is 1800 543 72. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.